Hello, one and all, and welcome back to another episode of Cast Iron, the podcast all about metal. I am Lewis Clark, your host, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and cohort, Alan Williamson. Hello, Alan. All right. <laughs> How goes? Oh, it is very cold in Australia right now. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, well, like this wasn't what they told me whenever I moved from the UK, was that Australia could actually be cold, mm. but it can, and it is, and it's dipped under 10 degrees so we've got the air cotton on and i'm wearing thermals <laughs> um, but that's okay because we're warming ourselves up with some forged in the fires of hell power straight out of a dragon's mouth power metal um, yeah, yeah and this time we are listening to blind guardian um, and the album is a night at the opera Okay, so um, so wasn't this yeah. an interesting one? <laughs> it was an interesting choice, actually. So this is this why is did, a strange one. Why did one. we pick this? Why did we pick this one? Which right. I, okay. So I have, I, I just I don't remember. I don't remember why. Yeah, we picked yeah. This one. So I have some familiar familiarity is the word I want to say uh, with Blind Guardian. I've listened to more of their recent stuff. I own their most recent three records, which is off the top of my head, a twist in the myth. Um, at the edge of time and beyond the red mirror so really like those records um two more than the others but i often hear about a night at the opera being kind of the blind guardian record it, it's often among fans it seems to be talked about as kind of like the magnum opus i don't know whether i agree with that but um <laughs> it, it was just will, it was one of those records that, yeah it was one of those records i hadn't got to i'd heard so much good stuff about and it felt like good sort of approximation of what this band's about and i think that is the case to a certain degree but it is different uh, as well so it wasn't what i was expecting from it um, so i am not i am not super across blind guardian right but um there was definitely a point um now, to sort of cast your mind back to about I don't know, 2000, 2001. Yeah. Um, I am just starting to get into metal. I have mm-hmm. um, Kazaa. Kazaa yep. Light, of course. You know, you don't want the, you don't want the full Kazaa with all the advertising. <laughs> um, and, and basically, you just had potluck. So if you find a band you want, you'd had a dip and then you'd get your illegal MP3s. Yep. And the first Blind Guardian song I listened to was a track on this album, which is Punishment Divine. Okay. Um, and I had definitely heard um, another one of the songs, Precious Jerusalem, on this. I listened yep. to another couple of tracks, like Nightfall, which I think is off the Middle Earth album. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. I liked a couple of tracks and I probably burned them to one of my dodgy homemade mix cds this was the style at the time um but i never really dipped that much into the back catalog and power metal is something that like it's not that i don't like it Mm. i just don't think i'm particularly confident in it so yeah in the past couple of weeks since we recorded the last episode i've been frantically trying to cut across a couple of blind guardian bits to understand a bit more about the band um i actually listened to the new album by demons and wizards yeah, I've actually. Year. So I've actually yeah. got the um, the first Demons and Wizards album in the post at the moment because I've ah. never listened to them and I hear very very good things and I've heard lots of good stuff about the new one. So I thought, you know, better start from the beginning. So uh, so, so I've listened to the new one and I would say it is pretty fucking good. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I would describe it as a, a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Um, it's not one of my further listening recommendations, so I can get out of the way. It's a lot of fun. So bar <laughs> metal we've covered before. We covered Halloween's uh, The Keeper of the Seven Keys, parts one and two, yep. which was a lot of fun. And I think an album, I, I think we both really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I think I enjoyed part two more than I did part one, but um, I was definitely yeah. uh, in, an, you know, I had a good, good time with that record. Um, so we won't be doing any power metal again for a while. <laughs> but yeah. um, so, Blind I mean, Guardian was... Um, so I think Halloween are Swedish, but Blind Guardian are one of the one of the big German metal bands. They of the are 80s, indeed. And yep. I think to some extent they were um, influenced by Halloween. So you had a little bit... And, and a lot of these bands came out of the American thrash scene. So yep, yep. it was off the back of... You got a, a mishmash... I'd describe it as a mishmash of your, your thrashy bits, like your... Your Metallica's and your Megadeth's and your your Testaments, yep. um, and then you've also got a bit of new wave of British heavy metal in there. So there's quite a lot of Iron Maiden and Judas Priest coming through in this. Yep. It's, like, it's like it's like we're at a wine tasting. Yeah, you'll, you'll get the you'll get the, the the thrash, the sharpness of the thrash in your palate, and as you let absorb, you'll you'll taste the the the, the Maiden tannins. In yeah, the back. absolutely. Um, and um, I think as we go through this. We'll we'll touch on which bits remind me of which other bands. Yeah, um, yeah. but power metal is generally it's quite fast. I mean, this is where Blind Guardian thought we'd speed metal, and yeah, so, I'm not I'm not familiar with that genre, but yeah, know, I metal's fast. The big so. one, the big one there definitely be would be a German band also called Accept, who also um, mm-hmm. have uh, dabbled in speed metal as well, um, but very more much more traditional he- heavy metal, I suppose, in that regard as well. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely would have assumed that Except are quite a big influence on Blind Guardian. Uh, they've been around for absolutely God knows how long now. Um, and they had one out quite recently. Oh, what was it? I forget what it's called, but there's an album with a big... It's a red-coloured album with okay. a big bull on the front. Um, it's good. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna, Blind I'm Rage, gonna... I think, is the name of the record ah, that you're thinking of. Yeah, there I remember go. that. I listened to that and that was fun. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah. Um, uh, but power metal, it's it's fast, it's melodic, and it's very very cheesy. Now yeah. I pissed off someone in Reddit the other day because um, I was interested in the band Fate's Warning. Okay, and I was on the Red the the Reddit prog metal subreddit, and I said I'm in the mood for some really cheesy prog metal. Yeah, and it was because I had been listening to Blind Guardian. I was like, oh, I could really go for you know, but a classic Dream Theater or Queens Queensrÿche or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And then I asked about Fate's Warning, and if somebody took it very personally, <laughs> I described it as cheesy, and I was like, I mean that as a compliment. I like the cheese. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind a little bit of cringe, but this is this is seriously cheesy. Um, oh, absolutely. And to my mind, I think power metal attracts a certain kind of fan. They probably have extremely long beards. They're probably wearing a Blind Guardian T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, there was one time we went to this pub in Southampton okay. called The Hobbit, and it had Lord of the Rings themed cocktails. Of course. And I I have no doubt. A lot of people who wear Blind Guardian t-shirts go to that. Not to cast dispersions <laughs> on them. They're all very nice, but there's definitely a certain kind of style that comes with this kind of music. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed completely. Um, if we want to go a little bit, just give it the broad um, paintbrush. Uh, power metal defined by Wikipedia is a subgenre of heavy metal combining characteristics of traditional heavy metal and speed metal, often with symphonic context. Generally, power metal is characterized by a faster, lighter, and more uplifting sound in contrast to the heaviness and dissonance prevalent, for example, in extreme metal. I would also say that power metal is often quite conceptual, and they do like to draw from fantasy themes and like, and stuff like that quite an awful lot as well. Yep, a lot of, lot of Lord of the Rings type stuff. Yep. Um, uh, Blind Guardian are actually pretty... Uh, they've done that before as well. They, uh, pre- the album previous to this one is called Nightfall in Middle Earth, so you can imagine yeah. what that involves. Um, and, the, and the longest track in this, and then there was Silence is based on the Iliad, so um, there we go. There's, there a we lot go. Of, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on here. But yeah, yes. I think that's, that's, that's definitely fair. Yep. 
Um, one thing we should mention as well in regards to this record, it is called A Night at the Opera, which is obviously the same name as a Queen record, and Blind Guardian don't half like that sort of layered um, falsetto kind of vocal style that is often very uh, similarly used by Queen themselves. So um, something to think, uh, something to think about as well. I'm sure there's a heavy influence there as well. Um, yeah, um, I will definitely, we'll definitely get onto that because I have, I have thoughts and opinions. And yes, absolutely. Um, no, speed metal because I've, I too have been on Wikipedia and they are saying that the prototypical. Um, Speed metal song is something like Judas Priest's Exciter. Oh, that makes so sense. You know that yep, one. Yep, yep, um, that makes sense. And I first heard that because there's a cover on it in the opening of Dead or Alive Two. Yep. But uh, <laughs> but um, if you've heard um, if you've heard Exciter by Judas Priest, that's a speed metal track. There that, we go. That's helping me. Hopefully, that helps you too. Absolutely. I think that ballparks it quite well. So, A Night at the Opera, then, is a 2002 release by Blind Guardian, quite late into their discography, I'd say. It's I find that astonishing, yeah, that it yeah. sounds like it's a 2002 album, because it sounds like something from the 80s. Yeah, it's very <laughs> much so. And, I mean, the band were formed in the 80s as well. Um, three of the four current members are pretty much from the original lineup as well, so pretty consistent lineup of Hansi Kirsch as lead vocalist and bassist in the early days, uh, Andre Olbrick as lead guitarist and backing vocalist, Marcus Sipan as rhythm guitar and backing vocals, and currently from 2005 onwards, so he wouldn't have featured on this record, Frederick Emk as drums and percussion. Um, the drummer for this record was it Thomas is, uh, Storch, who Storch. famously left the band, left the band. after this yeah. because he didn't like the progressive nature that they were going in, which is really bizarre because the next record, they don't go progressive at all. <laughs> um, it, is, so, that, yeah. it is really interesting that it's really interesting that he left and wasn't happy with the direction mm. um, because... With like you know, jumping straight to the end um, after listening to the couple of albums before this, I, I can see where he's coming from. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe we so, should have chose those, but never mind. Uh, uh, no, uh, like, like, like this is one of the things. Like we, it would be really for easy for us to just go, okay, what's this band? Uh, Blind Guardian, right? What's the top rated album? And then go and do that, and then go yeah. and do that, and then we just, and then all that happened is we listen to these songs. Say that we think they're good. And then we get to the end of the podcast and we say that album was really good. And yeah. Then we go on to the next album, and it would just be this, it'd be this hagiographic thing where we just, um, we we just end up talking about how great stuff is, and Absolutely. that's not yeah. very interesting. And no, the most interesting completely. ones are whenever we one person likes one thing and one person doesn't, like the Tool episode. And there's yeah. always a bit of follow up on that because uh, Judy Mullen, probably one of our three listeners, yeah. <laughs> uh, mentioned in Facebook that he said I was wrong about Ten Thousand Days by Tool, and it actually is good. And I have <laughs> a chance to listen to it again in depth, but I will do that. So thank you very, very much for the enough. feedback. And um, also some of the such tracks that you sent me in private over that, I did enjoy them as well. So um, and I think oh, those oh, came right. from. What, so uh, what did I send you? What did I send um, you? There one in particular that I really enjoyed was. Um, I I watched the music video. It had like a weird see-through man in it, and you, you could skeleton show in. That's what the all. Hell was that, that? That's all of them. Was it Vicarious? <laughs> or was it Parabola? Um, it was. What was the first one you said there? Vicarious. It was Vicarious. Definitely Vicarious. Yeah, I, I did. What a banger! Quite enjoy that. What a banger! Quite a good song, good. indeed. So, did you, um, uh, did you get through Tempest? Um, I all, haven't. All fifteen minutes of it. I haven't tried Tempest. Um, no, Tell a Lie, I listened to that when it first came out, because I think that was one of the pre-release singles, and yeah, I think that that was another thing that 
uh, led to my preconceptions of this band being a bit sort of noodly <laughs> and wasting oh. time and I'd rather just get to the point sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't too keen on the most recent stuff. But again, I think it's one of those bands that you really, it's, this isn't the great, this isn't a great environment for them to really flourish in that we're only giving them the sort of one play, maybe two in advance of the, of the listen for the yeah. show. And I don't think that gives them enough time to really set in and you, for you to find your groove with them, unfortunately. I think if I gave Tool a little bit more of a repeated go, uh, I think I probably would enjoy them, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, like I say, it's not the greatest way to do, do it. Well, I was and, very, su- I was very surprised that somebody said to me, you haven't listened to enough Tool, um, cause I don't think anybody's gonna ever say that. <laughs> including my wife so um that was you know it's always always good to get uh unique feedback but i but this is part of it as you know we it's the same with the blind guardian stuff if yep, we've got yep. any um if we've got any plaited beard blind guardian fans listening <laughs> to this um or or anybody from any band like, we can only really do a surface level thing and Absolutely. one of the things yep. we're keen to do is try and do episodes more frequently yeah and that means uh, we don't want to rush it right you know, no no just, no but absolutely just, but it we're means that we're squatting and in. squeezing these yeah. things out but yeah no it's, absolutely it's without you know there's only there's only so much we can do there's mm. only so much we can we can listen to yeah um and and I, there's been so and there's so many good metal albums coming out in the next few weeks absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah um what have I been listening to? There's uh, Sirith Ungol had a new one. Catatonia had a new one. New Trivium is yep. an outstanding album. We've got a new Lamb of God coming up. We've yep. got uh, two of my favorite bands, Caligula's Horse and Haken, have albums coming out in the next couple of weeks. The Streets of Rage 4 soundtrack. I didn't yeah, realize yeah. it was on Apple Music. There it's, you go. It's all, it's all happening. <laughs> um, anyway, we should probably get back to it and stop waffling. So, yeah, yeah. So, let, here we let's, go. So, let's, so let's do it. So the first track is Precious Jerusalem. What do you think of what do you think of this? So this is pretty this is pretty full on. This yeah, is full it is on. pretty full on. Um so I think preconceptions coming into this record and it being so highly regarded around, among my friends who really like this band um may have made this a little bit more of a disappointment I think because it's not like what I'm more familiar with Blind Guardian. I think they're more anthemic and strong song structure is a little bit more traditional whereas this record is quite progressive. And um I liked Pressure Jerusalem, don't get me wrong, I think it's got a really big anthemic chorus, really memorable, but I think it's a bit lacking in the instrumentation. I think it's very, like, the guitar work in particular is very fast-picked, high-pitched, sort of noodly, and not an awful lot of melody. There's not, like, riffs there that I can really sort of, like, hold on to. Yeah. Um, but I can't deny that the chorus isn't really, really good, and there was a great solo around the four-minute arc, which kept me involved, but I just feel like, verse-wise... It's very progressive, not an awful lot of melody and riffs going on during those verses. And yeah, I just couldn't quite get to grips with it. Where, where, but whereas at least with the chorus and that solo, there was something there to, to really sort of get into. How do you feel? Uh, so I felt like, so I listened to this album. I, I stuck it on my watch and it went for a run. Yep. I thought this was not bad for a running track. Yeah. 
but I thought, my God, this is full on. Yeah, I yeah. thought this was a bit long. I thought that after the first couple of minutes, I had I had heard enough. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't really going to change much, and it was rather repetitive. Yeah. The chorus was okay the first time. Yeah, it was all right the second time, and then I don't know how many times it goes back. It seemed seemed like about four or five. <laughs> so I thought it was quite repetitive again. Not as much melody as I'd like. I mean, wh- one of the things that we'll come back to is they they super super overlaid vocals and the, yeah, the yeah. choral effects. Yep. I think Hansi in general is a really excellent singer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that is undermined by the end of choral stuff because it makes it sound like he can't sing. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. And um, um, and I thought they, especially in this track, yeah, the guitars are a bit low in the mix. Yeah, it's disappointing because whenever they come in in that solo, it is good mm-hmm. um but yeah all in all wasn't wasn't a fan of the drums just just felt like it was being i don't know assaulted i think is a word yeah and, yeah and it's interesting that people call this proggy because i wouldn't say it's that proggy because well as we get into some of the later tracks i i think i would like it to be more proggy in the sense i would like more things to happen and yeah, things to yeah. progress prog doesn't just mean this is a long song you yeah, know yeah no agree agreed, and, agreed. And this one, like several others, I think they could have shaved a minute or two off and we wouldn't have lost anything. Yeah, yeah. When um, I say progressive, I often, with this record in particular, I mean that there's a lot of parts to the individual elements. So, for uh, example, okay. the verses yeah. seem to have like four sort of individual elements to it before it then kicks into the chorus. So God, yeah. it's just a lot of movement, I suppose, is happening in any given point. Even though the song structure is quite traditional, um, there's just an awful lot of, like I say, movement happening within those elements. Yeah, I think, um, I, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily. That was, I definitely wouldn't say that's a trait of prog metal. I think mm. it's definitely something with symphonic metal. Yeah, and and one of the bands that listening has reminded me a bit of Nightwish. Yeah, which yeah. Were, who were obviously probably quite heavily inspired by Blind Guardian. Yeah, but, yeah, I can uh, see that. I know what you mean about that. There's there's quite a lot going on. There's quite a lot of bits coming in and bits coming out, and and quite long long verses yeah long, yeah. long bridges there's, there's an intricacy to it yeah yeah and, that, and that's part and that's part of what makes it sound interesting but it's also what makes it a bit exhausting compared to when you think where it came from like you know it, it's not exactly it's not exactly exciter by yeah, Judas yeah. Priest, which no, doesn't absolutely. really have much to it at all no completely um, but even like bands like iron maiden there's a lot more going on than this um, yeah, yeah that's a I mean, that's a band of three guitarists yeah um but i think like i I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed the guitars. I really enjoyed the main vocals. And yeah. I think part of it is just they get a bit buried in the mix. Yeah. No. Not, not not bad for a running track, but it's a it's a lot for an opener. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, this is one for the fans, eh? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um we'll move on then because uh, the second track, Battlefield, I think, um, is a little bit more indicative of what Blind Guardian are about. I think it's a wonderfully overblown song. Um, there's lots of <laughs> yeah, faux yeah. sort of strings and synth they use to emphasize the melodies. And I think it works really well, actually. Um, there's a more traditional metal riff in this, and I think it's a better fit for the band's music. It's still quite progressive in that there's a lot there, and it still favors that sort of higher-pitched melody. 
but the songwriting feels more robust on this track. Um, it's a little bit more tighter as the as song length goes as well. We get another really great solo at 3 minutes 30. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot more in regards to Precious Jerusalem. I think the songwriting was a little bit stronger, and I think the use of synth really sort of emphasised the melodies that were, they were going for. Um, and yeah, like I say, there was a bit more of a traditional metal sound to it as well, which which I enjoyed. Yeah, I think again more of the speed metal coming in here. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah. To an extent, it's a little bit quicker. Um, again, it's, it's quite a lot going on. It's quite heavy going. Mm. Um, I think the, the the chorus is a couple of keys too high. Yeah, and yeah. it's and um, and one of the things that I am not a big fan of is when um, I don't like a key change before the final chorus. Oh, uh, okay. Um, luckily, we don't get it in metal quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's but it's often done like it. It just smacks of nineties boy band pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, this it felt like every yeah. cor every chorus had that key shift, <laughs> and um, like I think. The, there's certain bands where the singers are a little out of their range. Hansi's not out of his range. No, no. the whole thing just yeah, sounds yeah. a little bit too pitch shifted or something. Yeah. So that 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 irritated me about this. But on the whole, it was all right. Yeah. It was yeah. It, it was it was fine. I thought it was definitely um, a better track than the previous one, to be honest. Yeah, with you, so, yeah. and I think that's it was interesting. Like they. I was surprised by how off-put I was by Precious Jerusalem because I remember that song and I remember it being pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason it stuck in my head is because it repeats its own chorus so many times. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's the whole song. Right, oh, yeah. All, yeah. The bits I, all the bits I remembered were all the bits there were to remember. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, like ah. stuff like this um, is when you're younger, when it's such an assault, it's kind of... So there's something extremely enticing about that, especially if you're into heavy music. I think you kind of forgive an awful lot of the songwriting because you're just so like excited by the fact that something sounds so absolutely insane. Um, yeah, and, totally. Yeah, totally. I, I remember having a similar thing like that when I first reacted to Dragon Force, thinking like, oh my god, this is going to be the biggest band in the world! And then you come back to it and it's like, oh wait, they have one idea and they beat it to death. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah I, I've seen I've seen them play uh, live, yep, supporting same, Iron same, Maiden. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think they've, they've one idea and they beat it to death is probably fair, as well <laughs> as it doesn't really seem like they can play their own songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slow down. <laughs> Chill out, guys. Work on uh, your songwriting. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't really want to do Dragon Force because I, I feel like it would just be mean. I'm just not really a fan. That's yeah. Okay. Can't no. Make everything. It's. I'm the same, to be honest with you. I feel like if there was, if anybody is really strongly has real strong opinions about a certain record that they'd like us to cover, then maybe we can consider it for a future episode. But um, I just don't think it's the sort of thing that either of us are going to get along with. And um, no. yeah, it's not going to make for very interesting listening. But I think there's there's definitely similarities, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely that speed metal thing that we've been talking about, I think, is quite prevalent in the old Dragon Force, and they do like that high-pitched, overblown chorus. Um, so, yeah. yeah, there's definitely influences there. We'll move on, then, to track three, which is Under the Ice. Um, how do you feel about this one? <laughs> So I described this as the the last of the the three song battering ram that opens this <laughs> album. Um, basically, um, 
I, I couldn't stop laughing at the chorus. I thought it was wonderfully silly. <laughs> so, like, un- under the ice, you will be free. <laughs> under the ice, you will believe. And I was like, I like, I, I, yeah, I just, I just thought that was so, that, that's the only thing that stuck in my head. Yeah. I thought it was so, so funny and so silly. It was hard not to like. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing with power metal. I think you have to be in a certain mood and a certain frame of mind to really enjoy it. And it is daft and it is silly an awful lot of the time. And sometimes that is what you want. You want a bit of silly entertainment and that's why it scratches that, that itch so well. And Blind Guardian certainly do that very well. Um, for me, uh, I wasn't too strong on this one. I didn't think the chorus was as strong as what's come before, uh, even though it was quite a lot of fun, like you said, like lyrically. Um, oh, I didn't, I don't, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's funny. <laughs> um, I, li- I liked that there was a big sort of silly, like, parody almost of an eastern sound coming into the melodies on this one yeah there's almost like a bit of rock rock sitar yeah yeah, it's not the the only track that happens yeah it happens a few times actually i I did enjoy that actually even even though it is very sort of overblown um again a lot going on but very few elements outside the chorus sort of get repeated so it, it has a feeling of progression but it, I think it's just because there's just so much happening in any sort of verse. Um, yeah, but I enjoyed but, but it. Also, there's a couple of bits like I like the um, I like the little guitar lick before the chorus. Yeah, yeah. It had a good flow, definitely. Like, yeah, like, it it yeah, moved so in a nice way, actually. This one. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 probably it feels like things are getting a little bit more under under control. If yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it definitely. Like, like I say, it is a bit like a three track battering ram at the yeah. beginning of this album, but I think I, I things agree. are starting to Good. mellow it a little bit. Yeah, and probably probably for the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I need to say about that. To be honest with you, so we'll move on to track four then, which is "Sadly Sings Destiny." Um, I really is, is this is this the character select music from Sonic Adventure? <laughs> <laughs> it would certainly fit, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's. I wonder if we could uh, somehow weasel that in as extended listening. <laughs> Be a cop uh, rock. I think, I think you boy. need to put you need to put a few a few seconds of that, and then a few seconds of the um, yeah the Sonic Adventure character select music. <laughs> Like I mean, I, I mean it in a good way. I suspect oh. Jin Sonoi is a Blind Guardian fan, <laughs> and I think, and I think that um, in in a lot of that, like the Sonic Adventure soundtracks, there's definitely a power and speed metal influence. Oh, completely, um, yeah, completely. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so what did you think of this one? I, th- I like this one. I, th- I think it's got a sort of really thrashy quality to this one, actually. Um, in the in the music and the verses in particular, um, I don't think the chorus is that strong. Uh, I thought it needed to be a little bit more. OTT. Um, I didn't quite. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite quite come away with this one, thinking, oh, you know, that will stick with me. I wasn't like humming the chorus where I have been for a lot of the tracks on here. Um, I do like that. There's a sort of sing along quality to an awful lot of this. Um, a little bit more soaring, but yeah, I just 
I can't. Uh, it's just a bit weird. It's all over the shop. <laughs> um, I, I think, um, yeah, it's more of a hard rocker. Yeah, I, I thought it was a welcome change of pace. I actually quite like the chorus because, partly because I like the melodic Jinsonoi esque guitars in the background. Yeah, it yeah. reminds me of two things, which is basically the Sonic Adventure Two soundtrack, yep. specifically the the Teals tracks, <laughs> and um, it also reminded me a lot of Mr. Big. Um, you ever yeah, listen to yeah, Mr. Yeah. Big? Oh, of course, I've got a Mr. Big best. Of course, you did, because yeah. you're a because you're a uh, well, you're probably you're probably a fan of like Spider Man versus the Kingpin. Which, uh, <laughs> Absolutely, and all that, and all that, yep. Swing Time's a great uh, song. Absolutely, Swing Time. <laughs> so this, yeah, this reminded me of all this stuff, and I think that's why I liked it. It's 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 definitely one of the one of the weirder tracks in the album. Yeah, but I, I I I think. Uh, yeah, I just I just enjoyed it. Thought it was something a bit sort of a bit different. It was a lot of fun, and again, the solo work after the first two choruses was ooh, really nice. Um, some mm-hmm. some serious guitar chops on this band. It's got to be said. Um, but yeah, I just it was um, again. There's a lot going on, and it's difficult to sort of um, pass what you're what you're listening to, especially when we're coming in with this so fresh and it being such a, like a a new listen to me. Um, so yeah, I, I, I yeah. mean, there was there was some qualities of this I really liked. I did like that there was it was quite thrashy in places, um, and I did like the soaring, overblown sing along quality to the vocals. But um, yeah, just chorus didn't quite hit me in the same way. Um, One of the things about this album is that as you listen to it, it reminds you of other things. And then yeah, I'm distracted and go, oh, I really want to listen to that track, the Prison Lane one from Sonic Adventure. <laughs> That's a good tune. Or you know, you listen to. Um, Listen to Battlefield, it would remind me of something else as well. Or the the next one, the Maiden and the Minstrel. And I was like, oh, that's a bit like Nightwish. I could go listen yeah, to some yeah. Nightwish. No, no, Alan, <laughs> stick to the stick to the uh, <laughs> yeah, stick to the Blind Guardian. It is um, a little bit scattershot in its ideas. I think they've thrown everything at this and just gone with whatever stuck. You know. Um, speaking of the Maiden and the Minstrel Night, we should probably move on to that. So, so the intro to this is very much something from Nightwish. A bit more chill, a bit more symphonic. I wrote from, in my notes, uh, big FL studio default strings energy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I think they've got aspirations to do bigger things. <laughs> yeah, it's like a budget budget Japanese indie game kind yeah, of soundtrack, absolutely. isn't it? There's the, the, like you say, I think it's quite aspirational in that they obviously want to do bigger sounding stuff with orchestras and stuff like that and Hansi did actually do a Blind Guardian orchestral record last year um, yeah with a proper, yeah like orchestra I haven't heard that don't know if that's really my thing but he's obviously I, got I that I haven't sort heard of... that but it has um, crapped up Apple Music because maybe you look for this album you can't find it under Blind Guardian I was like you know trying to get into the album for the uh, the podcast like oh fuck's sake it's because it's under Blind Guardian Twilight Orchestra which yeah. is not true it's not true. That's one. That's one or two albums, but it's been the, the metadata is all, all screwed up. Ah, so annoying. if you're looking for this in Apple Music, it's under Blind Guardian, Twilight Orchestra, not Blind Guardian. But all the other albums are under Blind Guardian. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Bizarre. Yeah. So that's Apple Music. You know, you get used to it. They finally broken out um, EPs and singles from the the albums. So, oh, good know, stuff. It's, it's getting, yeah, yeah. It's getting better. Yeah. Um. So 
we were listening to this in the the car today on the okay. way back from visiting the in-laws and jess said this song sounded like the the soundtrack to an anime about knights <laughs> said, yeah, you can imagine horseback riding and you know the the fields and the the grass they always draw yeah, the yeah, way yeah. She described no, it. big long sweeping grass yeah no, I, I agree completely. yeah i think the songwriting shines quite brightly on this one actually i thought the uh, vocal melodies were really memorable um mm-hmm. i think after the sort of you know faux orchestra moment at the start things probably kick off around the two minute mark and i think the additional instrumentation makes it sound a lot more complete a little bit more fuller um the pacing of this track is a little bit more slower and a little easier to pass as well um so i enjoyed that element to it as well and i really kind of like the fake out ending at the end when like it feels yeah. like it's ended and then all the music comes back in all of a sudden I was just like, oh that's fun that's fun i really enjoyed that um so, so i yeah. i like the chorus as well i think that the choral vocals are actually a much better fit for this kind of epic ballad compared to the regular tracks yeah agreed and and, and part of what i find so sonically fatiguing about yeah. this album especially well, probably especially the first two tracks, Precious Jerusalem and Battlefield, is that I find the vocal layering really just hard to take after a while. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just, I just feel like I'm yeah getting battered. But it actually works quite well here. Yeah, I think it's, it's it works better as like a nice chorus, and you can imagine it's being like a a pub song in, in times gone by. Yeah, completely. And picks up the pace a little bit around two thirty, still fairly subdued, and you can hear the the blind guardian wailing guitar sound come through. So this is kind of like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> every, every song has to have that in it, um, which is quite fun. Um, yeah, the last 30 seconds just come out of nowhere. I don't think they're necessary, but I do think they're quite fun. Yeah, well, this is it. Um, and I think that's, well, isn't that a great summation of power metal? <laughs> blind guardian, I don't think they're that necessary, but they are quite fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, like you say, I think, their their style and their, their vibe they're going for definitely fits this sort of grandiose slower paced track a lot better um really enjoyed this one and i think as well we should probably mention as well that the if you're not into the vocal style it's going to be a difficult thing to to sort of get to grips with when you listen to blind guardian because yeah. hansi is obviously very keen on that it's a stylistic choice that he's obviously really into i'm sure it's because he's a big queen fan and he loves that style um <laughs> yeah. and it's fine, don't get me wrong, you do have to adjust for it. He's a great vocalist. I don't think he is covering up for the fact that he's not a great vocalist. No, no, not, not, no, not at all. It's no. just a shame um, that he uses it all the time, and it is something that permeates almost every record. And, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're not going to vibe with but it... it permeates every record that you have listened to. This, well, is the inter- this is the really interesting bit, is it? There's a little bit of it in Nightfall and Middle-Earth, but yep. before we did this podcast, I cut into some of the old albums and picked a couple of select tracks. Okay. And, it, and early Blind Guardian albums are not like this. And okay. this is why the drummer left, because he didn't like all the vocal layering and the symphonic shit. Yeah. And I think, I think he's got a point. I think they're better with Hansi on his own. Yeah, I don't think I don't think having the whole thing choral vocals the whole way through works. Okay, because yep. it seems like every every vocal is double tracked. It doesn't need that. It would be much more effective for songs like this, where it's just a little bit of the the chorus multi tracked vocals. Uh, I think used sparingly, they'd be much more effective. Yeah, no, that's fair. I completely agree with you. To be honest with you, um, as much as I am obviously more of a fan, and I I I I. I like I say, I'm more familiar with the more, more, more recent three records, which are heavily, you know, using that vocal style. Um, I can see exactly why it would put people off. And um, yeah, I, I agree with what your sentiments there. We'll move on then, because um, I want to kind of get track six out of the way, because I didn't have a lot to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> A 
Yeah. Uh, wait for an answer um, is track six. Uh, it takes about two minutes to find a nice groove, so you're waiting a while for it to sort of settle into its uh, into its yeah groove. Um, and I think it's a bit lacking in melody, to be honest with you. I think the instrumentation is once again very high pitched, and I needed mm-hmm. a bigger hook. I wasn't finding the hooks on this song, and it just sort of passed me by, and didn't yeah. quite vibe with it. Just uh, for me, a bit too cheesy and ponderous. Um, I I looked up the lyrics and I wasn't quite sure what they meant, but I felt like it, I felt like and this might not be correct, but I felt like it was being preached to by a Reddit atheist. <laughs> uh, just, Start using your brain. It's like <laughs> oh, what? God. It's like you know, you know. It, it, so a little bit too cheesy. I thought it was a good solo with the four minute mark mm. and had that classic eighties metal sound coming through, but yep. it was too little, too late by that point. No, agreed completely. Um, and yeah, it just. Just didn't do an awful lot for me. So we will move on because the next track yeah. did a lot for me. Uh, track seven <laughs> is The Soul Forged. <laughs> This is brilliant. <laughs> this is excellent. Um, great lilting riff to, at the start. I really like that. Um, just loaded with riffs, this song. And it was really catchy. And the chorus was brilliant. And the solo was awesome during the bridge. Um, there's just a real great drive throughout the entire song. It moves in such a great way. Uh, lots going on still. Um, and I think it's still going to be hard to pass if you're not really into the style. But I think this was the strongest of the assaulting songs, you know. Um, flowed really well. Uh, really enjoyed the chorus every time we returned to it. Um, I love the Soul Forge. I don't know what you feel about it, but really like this one. Oh, so you see when I heard that opening riff? Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That's it. That's the one I'm talking about. It really that reminded, lilting, me yeah. of, um, reminded me of um, Iron Maiden's Prowler. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or um, that, that, that Judas Priest sounds like, oh, yes, this is going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of loses and gains steam it's got that celtic it's got a bit of a folk metal feel to it and quite a lot of drive yep, so it's, yep. like it's not quite full folk metal it's not like in or something but it's not yep. that far off but yeah, yeah. i enjoyed it but i don't know it felt like it wasn't quite as good it felt like it never lived up to the big riff at the start <laughs> so i was like i was expecting something with more of that rhythm to it and I, I don't know again perhaps a little bit too long and i felt it hurt enough by four minutes yeah yeah um the the key change it sounded like hansy's throat was going to explode fair enough um, but yeah yeah like, so he's really, really selling it. Yeah, yeah. But I thought this is, I think this is a fun track, but I don't know. I think I was so into the first 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's <laughs> that fair. I was like, that I was just. Could we have more expect, of that, please? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of want, I think I wanted more of that particularly tasty lick, and mm. I wanted that to develop and be. Like so, if you listen to a song like Prowler, that's pretty much this is right. There you go. That's the riff. Here we go. We're gonna hear that riff and some variants on that riff. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted I wanted to hear them work with that a little bit longer. Yeah. And that's that's probably not entirely fair, but it was just I don't know. No, I, just, I went, went from being incredibly excited to oh okay, this is where we're going. We're doing we're doing like folk metal. Okay. No, no, that's fair. Um, that's fair. Um, I think but as well. But a good track. But a good track. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think as well. Um, I've got to mention actually the way I listen to this is I actually listen to it in two halves. Um, so I listened to the first half, got a bit exhausted, took a break, come mm-hmm. back to it later, sort of thing. So again, 
I'm sure that's indicative of something, but um, <laughs> that yeah. maybe there's a little bit too much going on here. But also, I think having that break may have helped that track in particular have the emphasis that it did on my own taste. I think um, if I would have listened to this all in one big heap, I think that might have got lost in the mix a little bit. Um, yeah. Whereas I think it's the it's a highlight of the back half to be honest with you for me, it's a back half banger. Um, so yeah, maybe it is. So the next one's definitely not a banger, mm. uh, which is um, Age of False Innocence. Yeah. So So what did you so what do you think of this? Okay, so the notes I've got, uh, so it's got a bit of a dramatic build to a crescendo around about the one minute mark where the fall instrumentation finally comes in. Um again we've got that sort of Eastern influence on the melodies and the lead guitar early on, sort of you know, like I say, sort of the Eastern sound. Um I thought it was decent, it had some solid grooves, serviceable chorus, but not the record's strongest by any means. I don't think it's a bad song. I don't think it's a great song. Uh, very middle of the road. I think this one is actually a pretty good ballad. And what, so one of the things I didn't really like about this album was I didn't really like the drums. I found them quite repetitive throughout. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I quite like the drums in this. The, the opening with the, yeah. the the rolls coming in. And I actually think the album could use more bits like this. Okay. I think a bit, bit more dynamism, a bit more progginess to carry some of the longer songs. Yeah, it. yeah. This one works because it accentuates the big and the big and the loud bits versus the quieter bits. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, mo- whereas some of the other tracks certainly do not do that, and they just pound their way through. Okay. Um, but a bit more rock sitar. Yeah, yeah, three yeah. Minute yeah. Mark. That's, that's definitely what um, I was calling on. Yeah. Again, yeah. another pretty good solo. I think it's probably what I think this needs was just a big fast tempo finish, a la Holy Wars at the four minute mark. Yeah. Rather than coming back to the main theme again, yeah, I would have just preferred a minute of extreme noodling and we just cut it. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, then yet another, yet another six-minute track. Yeah, um, and that's probably the proggiest thing about this album is that each of the tracks is about two minutes longer than they need to be. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely agreed. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that's that. Like, it's, like, I think it's, I think it's an interesting change of pace. And again, this is the whole thing about, like, you don't want to make too much into how the albums were structured and stuff. But, yeah, yeah. Um, this is the kind of track you kind of need in the back half because otherwise this would be an, an energy sapper. Yeah, no, completely, completely, because there is just so much going on. Um, yeah. Right, we'll move on to track nine then, which is Punishment Divine. Now, I think um, this starts with a bit of a false flag, this song. Um, it's got a really heavy riff right at the start. And I was like, yeah. okay, here we go. And yeah, it doesn't quite deliver on that. It's actually one of the weirdest songs on the record, actually. I think it's got a little bit too much going on, as per usual. Uh, some really fast, trashy riffs here and there. But it doesn't really settle on a style. And I think that's at the detriment of the song, to be honest with you. I quite like the... Uh, chorus with the banished to the point of no return. I think that was yeah. very memorable, very bombastic. Um, but yeah, it just didn't flow right for this this one for me. Um, I felt like it needed to to find its style, find its vibe, and it never really got that. It was a little bit too 
scattershot for my taste. So this was the first Blind Guardian song I ever heard. There we go. And I totally, it totally blew my mind. I think it was like, uh, so I think this one is still delightfully over the top. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think probably is the heaviest track in the album, but I, yeah. I hear where you're coming from that they, the opening riff is probably heavier than the rest of it. Yeah. They, but it sounds like it's on the verge of driving itself over the cliff. Yeah. It's, yeah. The vocals and drums are absolutely thunderous. The yep. guitar melodies kind of come and go. I think the choral vocals here again are a bit more complimentary. Yeah, um, they're not they're not quite at the at the front of the mix the way they are on some of the other tracks. Yeah, really nice dueling solo that reminds me a bit of classic Maiden. And yeah, yep. it feels this one to me it feels like it builds to a crescendo. You got some tempo changes near the end, and I feel like it earns the high notes. Yep, yep. does that make sense? Yep. Um, but if every song was like this, you'd have an aneurysm. So, oh god, that's um, right. And I think it's it's okay that it comes in where it does in the album. So I actually really like this one. It's still, interesting. I, I, we're, still, we're, I still really like it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're still at very sort of different angles of this, I think. And I, I, I like that we're approaching this in different, different ways because I think it showcases, yeah, this is going to hit people differently. Yeah, it's just, it, it is. I think it's a quite a Marmite E record, to be honest with you. I could see me yeah. listening, re listening to this. And really starting to find my groove with it and actually enjoying this record a little bit better. But I think on first play and this being just raw emotion, I think it's a little bit too much and it needs to yeah. focus its, 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 yeah, its line of thought that, a little bit. And that's part of the genre, right? Is yeah, it yeah, is completely. a little bit too much. Like it being over the top is part of the point because yeah, otherwise yeah. that's the, that's the power and power metal. There we go. There we go. Um, maybe. It's <laughs> being bullshit. But, um, but I think, so we came back to, we take ourselves back to 2001 and I'm hunched in front of Kazalite again in my PC running Windows, yep. Windows Millennium Edition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The um, this is the first track I listened to, and Precious Jerusalem is probably in the next two or three. And I think the other one was definitely Nightfall. Okay. Right? Yeah. I think because I, the, because of the tracks I listened to, that's why I never got into Blind Guardian. Yeah. Because yep. I listened to Punishment Divine, and thought this is a really good track. Yeah, yeah. And then I probably listened to Precious Jerusalem and thought, oh dear, this isn't that good. And yeah. And yeah. Nightfall, and I was like, yeah, this isn't that great either. And, <laughs> and I felt like this was probably the only track I needed to listen to. Yeah. And yeah. if this was, and uh, so I guess. For me, they were a little bit of a one-hit wonder, okay. but that but that one hit was Punishment Divine, yeah. and I think that's that's fair enough. But I could totally understand if you listen to the entire rest of the album first, <laughs> you might be like, "Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, really, really interesting, and I think it um, like this is what was really interesting about the time whenever we got into music and people did do more mixtapes and mix CDs, yeah, yeah, and, and even had like you know, um, so one of the one of the songs i was reminded of was writing this was do you hear the song i'm vigilante by magnum i don't i'm afraid i'm not familiar with that okay one. right so it's this really like um cheesy kind of hard rock slash power metal track okay. it was one of those things that appeared in like either kerrang tv or scuzz yep, on yep. sky back in the day okay and that was how we got into a lot of this stuff yeah yeah completely. Like there's, there's, yeah, there's yeah. bands i got into because you just hear a, a random track yeah yeah um oh and, absolutely um, i can, I can this, think of so, lots of bands in fact yeah. on kerrang in particular that i got into i think mad capsule markets i would have been exposed to that on kerrang tv for the first tri- time tribe absolutely tribe yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of bands like that that had you know they the way in which you listen to the band and the singles you choose and the albums you choose influences things so much. Like you can, you think about like the the tool stuff you listen to yep. versus the way I got into them. All these things yeah, yeah. 
plant little it's, seeds, it's really hard to, to get around. Like, Your preconceptions are always going to, gonna, yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, imagine if your first Metallica album was like, if one person listened to Kill 'Em All and the other person listened to Saint Anger, like, you know, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. Um, it's and, a bit like whenever I <laughs> did. You ever did you ever read the um, the feature I did for Five Out of Ten, where I went to the summer, where I went to Summer of Sonic, and um, I was yes, I did talking to, uh, and I was talking. Of course, you did. Yeah, that was. Friendship test, you've passed. There you go. There you and uh, <laughs> but I was talking to these kids. But oh, you know, what was your what was your favorite Sonic game? And they're like, oh, Sonic Heroes. I was like, what? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that was the first one. That was the first one I played. I was like, what? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah. It <laughs> what do you mean? It, uh, Sonic Heroes. That, that's, think that that's another history. generation that's history's worst crime. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, um, but but yeah, like so, so much of so much of the tastes we like, and even the parts of the bands we like, are based on what we listen to first, regardless of whether they were any good or not. Like yeah, the yeah. the first Metallica album I got into was S and M. I'm trying to because my friend burned me a CD of S and M, and I was like, oh, that was pretty good. My mine, my first was Garage Inc. I think, um, which is a really weird way to come into it, but because it's all covers. Absolutely. But um, yeah. I just I remember uh, my good friend Catbird uh, playing me um, the cover of. Oh, oh. Whiskey in the jar? No, no. Uh, the really sweary anti nowhere league track. Uh, so what? <laughs> um, oh, and just okay. thinking that was the funniest thing in the world. And I was like, I need everything about apart from this. Um, and then I then I bought Reload. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think the first proper Metallica album I, uh, I would have heard was Saint Anger, unfortunately, because you know that Ooh. was my. I was getting into heavy music at the start at the start of the two thousands, and that was the first new Metallica record. So, um, not well, a great first, first impression, first live, unfortunately. One of the first live gigs I ever saw was um, Metallica, okay. and they were supported by Linkin Park right. and The Darkness. Wow, that is a bonkers lineup. <laughs> yeah. Like in Lincoln Park, got bottled, which probably wasn't very fair. But, you know, <laughs> wow, okay. Irish Irish Metallica fans. Oh. So, um, what are you what are you gonna do? But, uh, yeah, it was the same. That was the same Danker tour. Yeah, yeah. Trad metal versus new metal. God, oh. so, yeah, that's really weird. So, um, yeah, all all I would say is one day we'll cover a Metallica album. And I would very much like to cover Saint Anger because I think we'd have a very interesting time talking about. That well, I, I think it's <laughs> it's bizarre because it's comes at such a formative time for a lot of people getting into heavy music, and at yeah. the same time, it's so not indicative of what Metallica are that I think yeah, we will have a lot to say about it. We should stop putting off talking about the last song on this album. <laughs> So, because, um, so uh, we were listening to this in the car earlier today, and I said to Jess, the last track in this album's 14 minutes, and all she said was, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then we didn't actually get the whole way through it before we got home. Oh. Um, You've just oh, finished so, listening to this, haven't you? Yeah, look, I wanted a prog track, but I'm not sure I wanted a 14-minute one. Yeah. When they Um, this is the proggiest thing on here. I don't think there's an awful lot of melodies and choruses and things that actually get returned to on this track. It is 14 minutes solid of continuously evolving and changing music, and it's all in that Blind Guardian style with the really heavily, you know, overlaid vocals and all the bombastic synth and just it's it's just too much. Um, it's 
there's an awful lot of really interesting stuff going on here, but and it's all played really well, but it's just so long that a really good hook or chorus never get to happen. It's super yeah. indulgent. It doesn't service the song. I don't think it's a bad song, but it's a difficult song to love. There are some interesting bits in here. I think the opening lick of Precious Jerusalem actually comes in about the one thirty mark, which caught my caught my ear oh really the, okay the, yeah and there's some things like the the dueling keyboard and guitars are a very dream theater yeah i'd say quite heavily dream theater inspired um at the halfway mark it really sounds like queen like it's not quite bohemian rhapsody levels no, of good no. but it's very interesting yeah. musical layering um apparently this is based in the iliad um okay. i guess that explains the length yep. you know they've got a lot to cover yeah, yeah. um at one point, 10 minutes in there is a big riff and i thought oh now we're getting somewhere and then it turns into river dance yeah <laughs> Uh, yes, I know exactly what you're on about. It's just so unruly, this song. It's just like, what, what do you want to be? You oh. can't do you can't do a 14 minute power metal track. You can't do you can't do prog power metal because power metal doesn't have any dynamics. Yeah, yeah. because power metal is just doof, 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 doof. Yeah, yeah. and um, and whenever you have really really long tracks, you need to have like. You have, I don't know, drum solos and quiet bits and, yeah. and louder bits and, 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 and changes. You need to, it can't just be full on balls to the walls the whole time. Yep. Um, can't, you just, I don't know, I just find it, just find it exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Now, as I usually do, I had a bit of a look around, you know, the, the old top10s.com. People say this is the best one. They say, say this is, this is the, there's no song more epic than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would a, a masterpiece should be every top 10 power metal song somebody here's a good here's a good one somebody says it has so many epic parts that you don't know which one is the best uh, I think that's halfway right I'd say there's so many epic parts you don't know which is which yeah it, they say it's like too many songs in just one it yeah, is too many right. songs yeah. in just one and I don't think that's a positive I think that's a negative unfortunately um, yeah, yeah it, a bizarre track and a weird album closer uh, that doesn't really fit the vibe of the rest of the record. Suppose, in a weird way, it does, in that it's an album full of too much stuff, <laughs> all battling mm-hmm. for supremacy. <laughs> um, but this all happens in one song, and my god, is it exhausting. Um, yeah. Disappointed, though. Yeah, I'm yeah. disappointed, because um, this, <laughs> this, this was, can you believe it, this was the single... Of this album. No way. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, yeah. Jesus. That was the only single they released. Wow. I don't think I don't think they released it, you know, to get radio play. No, they definitely um, didn't. No. Oh my god. That's that's too much. Yeah, so final thoughts on this record then. I think um I was expecting something else and I didn't quite get it. Um it was a lot wilder and faster than the more recent Blind Guardian efforts. Sometimes a little too unruly. I think it's a lot of fun and overblown, like all good power metal really should be. But um, yeah, it's just it's a little bit too intense and a little bit uh, too wild. And I think it needs to restrain its focus a little bit and just um, yeah, really sort of focus what it's what it's trying to do. And an awful lot of these songs do not feel focused. They're just a little bit too scattershot for my liking. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it at the same time. It was very much, um, it felt proto-Blind Guardian to me, which is bizarre because it's so late in their career. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's very much not, it's very much traditional yeah, yeah, Blind Guardian. I was, I was super disappointed by this one. Yeah. I was really looking forward to just having a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. I was yeah. expecting myself to really enjoy this. Yep. And then I was like, oh. And then I, but I think, 
I think if we went back a couple of albums, we'd be having a very different conversation. Yeah. I think, I, we, I, I think even if we went back to Nightfall and Middle Earth, we'd have a very different conversation. Yep. I think if we went forward a couple of albums to the newer ones, yep. I think we'd be having a very I different think if, conversation. I think even if we just went to the next record. Demons and Wizards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, a twist in the myth. Demons it's and Wizards, really, really good. a delightful time. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really disappointed and... I'm surprised that I'm disappointed. Yeah, no, a, a, a bit of a shame that one, unfortunately. A, um, a bit of a shame. Yeah, a a shame. I'm going to guess uh, your favourite song, just pure, based on pure nostalgia, would be Punishment Divine. <laughs> has to be, yeah. yeah. Um, if, it, oh, if it wasn't just, that, uh, I would have said your favourite would have been The Maiden and the Minstrel Night. That seemed to come off really quite strong with you. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I enjoyed that one as well, but I think it's got to be got to be punishment divine for me. And I think, I think I've, I've made mine. I, I think it's a good, it's a good. Yeah, yours is obviously the soul force. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really, yeah. really. Which I that. think is, is is probably the correct answer for what's the best track <laughs> in the album, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's my favorite. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was that then. Yeah. Um, send your blind guardian hate mail to <laughs> Castan Show. I, like, like, I, I don't think. I don't think no, unnecessarily it's harsh. It's interesting. Yeah. I think for further listening, I would personally recommend, um, at, for a different Blind Guardian record, I would recommend the follow-up album, which is A Twist in the Myth. Um, I think that is considerably more focused. The songs are a lot more memorable, and they're not as so over overwrought. You know, they don't have as many parts to them. There are, there are a lot more better structures. Um, but is further listening from different artists, um, I have picked... Uh, Primo Victoria by Sabaton as one of my favourites. Um, again, very similar in style in that it's big, overwrought, stupid power metal with concepts. Uh, Sabaton's concepts is always warfare um, instead of you know fantasy things. Um, so there's a little bit difference there, and the vocals are not as heavily layered, and they're a little bit more punchier, a little bit more from the gut almost you know they're, they're big sort of anthemic songs and yeah i think that fits the bill quite nicely and then for something a bit different i've chosen a folk metal release um because it's about the closest i could find from my personal collection that's a little bit more uh in the style um i've chosen nat food by fin troll uh i love this <laughs> record it's very very silly very very stupid very overblown uh lots of sort of string elements and synths and things emphasizing the melodies that they go for but vocally it's quite different it's all screamed as opposed to uh the you know clean song album that we've just heard um so yeah something a little bit different for you but also just as overblown um i have i've just been scribbling down your further listening choices because i'm determined to put them into the show notes for once oh okay fair <laughs> enough um I, and i and i've been i have been listening to the further listening i was listening to tesseract's uh was it, which one was it you recommended? Oh, I recommended uh, Polaris, Polaris, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, I've been listening to that. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I still think Altered State's a better record, but I was listening to it. Mm. Um, uh, okay, so I've had a good think about this, um, and I, I've I've got well, I, I had sort of a short list of four. Okay. Um, wow. But okay. One I'm not going to earn, earnestly recommend. I'm just okay. going to put it there if I couldn't think of anything better. So my first recommendation is um, a album by Symphony X, which is called Iconoclast. Okay. So Symphony X are more prog metal with a little bit of power metal in it. Okay. Um, and Iconoclast is, I think, a better way to do this proggy style of power metal. Right. That makes sense. Um, so it's uh, like the, the first track's 10 minutes. Um, so it's um, not for the faint of heart, yep. but I think it's um, really good. It's got some speed medley bits, really talented band. There's a lot to dive into there. Um, and they've got 
pretty much all their like most recent four albums are all very good but i've picked iconoclast for that um so the other one it is a bit of curveball um so okay. my second recommendation is uh by trivium and is okay. the album silence in the snow <laughs> <laughs> so um justify it for me okay so trivium are a band that have this problem where every album they release sounds like a different band that is not them. <laughs> um, their first album sounds like them. Yep. Then they did an album that sounds way too much like Metallica to the point of like, it sounds like a parody record. Yep. Then they kind of find themselves and then you go through various different bits. They've got an album that sounds too much like Disturbed. Um, Silence in the Snow is their album that's got a lot of power metal influences. Yep. And I think it's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, there And there's one particular track that's very power metal called Blind Leading the Blind, okay. which has a um, hilarious music video for it. Um, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a fun record. I think it's interesting to take a genre like power metal and have it put through the lens of a more modern metal band. Okay, I think I really want to listen to that. I've been really enjoying what Matt Heafy's been up to recently. He seems to be mm. just really exciting and interesting to watch on Twitch. He likes to cover stuff and just do really daft things. He's just really involved with metal. Um, all his recommendations are always really solid. He just seems to be a really cool guy. And yeah, I think I want to give that a go. Um, he recently cropped up uh, doing a solo on the new Bleed From Within track, which I would highly, highly recommend if you haven't heard that. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the stealth recommendation there you is go. the new Trivium album, What the Dead Men Say, which is like probably my favourite album of the year so far. Having said that, there's a new Caligula source out in a fortnight. That is unlikely to remain my top one, but it's really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and um, I've, I've, well, we always talking as well before this, aren't we? Um, I recommended you Video Nasties. I think the Dominion album mm-hmm. is absolutely fantastic. One of my favourites of the year so far. Uh, really good bit of sort of, well, they call it black and roll, but uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of mellow death mixed with hardcore. Uh, really good yeah, stuff. It's fun. It's fun. So my third and final recommendation is actually a power metal album. Okay. It's, uh, the, Black, it's the Black Halo by Camelot. Yep. Um, so Camelot are an American power metal band. Um, I think they're... Camelot with a K, isn't it? More, Camelot with a K. That's the one. Because yeah. Yeah. Ks make things more metal. <laughs> so this is, I guess you could call it a more traditional power metal thing, mm. but um, they're doing a lot of stuff that Blind Guardian do, like a little bit of vocal layering. Yep. They've got the symphonic bits in there. Yep. I think it's executed here much better than a night at the opera um uh, there's a kind of a side recommendation this which is camelot have obviously quite a lot of albums the black healer is probably the best way to get into them yep they have a they have an album called poetry for the poisoned okay and the first track on it is called the great pandemonium right it is not the best song they've ever done but is one of the best guitar solos i've ever heard okay (laughs) fair enough (laughs) you know what it is justifies its existence and you get to the end of it, you're like, ooh, and then you immediately rewind and listen to it again. <laughs> it's one of those. So that that's why that track gets a special recommendation, because I'll probably never talk about Camelot again on this podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, never say never. Um, cool. I think that love, love, you know wraps this up in a nice little little package. Um, thank you, as always, very much for listening. I have been Lewis Clark. You can find me on Twitter at Sonic Yoda. Uh, Alan Williamson, you don't really use can't, social can't media find me, can't find me anywhere yeah. um, I, I pretty much use Twitter to like things that Lewis is posting yeah. <laughs> there you go if you do want to find you can find me, you can find me in Goodreads yep. you can find me in Goodreads I post on my book uh all my book likes. You do some writing, um, uh, um, obviously, split screen as well. Yes, so. uh, I've been trying to write again at split screen. One of the great things about being in the quarantine zone is that I have 
three hours of my life back from commuting every day. Yep. So that's why we're we're getting back into cast iron. You know, as I've heard various things about people listening to more podcasts versus less, but I think it's probably broadly the same. Yep, I think um, it really it, helps to have opportunity yeah. for us to distract yeah, yourself during time. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good for us to keep back in touch and, uh, and checking on each other as well, and make sure that we haven't, you know, lost our minds listening to too much Blind Guardian. Mm-hmm. Lovely stuff. Um, I'm just going to do oh, a quick bullet. plug as well for um, Cranston, my band. Uh, I haven't spoken to about on Cast Iron yet, but um, I would highly recommend going to cranstonpunk.bandcamp.com and listening to some nice blackened hardcore if you'd like something a bit heavy. Uh, I'm working on a new EP. Hopefully, they have that up either summer, um, and I've got a really crazy guest appearance on it already and i'm really excited to 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 everybody to hate this new record because of it (laughs) is it Uh, it matt heafy no it's not matt heafy unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah um so yeah thank you very much for listening as always uh we'll be back hopefully next month with another new record um uh it'll be over alan's pick this time so um you know have a little look through the spreadsheet and see what we got i'm i'm gonna do a final plug as well which is um also for lewis's band cranston so yeah you should you should should go and download it it's very good (laughs) thank you very much okay guys (laughs) and i don't and i i was not paid to say that (laughs) good stuff good stuff all right thank you very much for listening as always we will catch you next time bye Thank you.